Chapter 13. Girls, time to go! Dad's voice carried into the living room. I told Papa and Gigi we'd be there in half an hour. Victoria lowered her violin. She couldn't leave. Not now. Not with so much to practice for auditions tomorrow. She'd stayed up half the night at the music school, but she needed more time. This morning, she'd already slaved away for two hours on the orchestra passages, but they were far from perfect. Calluses had formed on the tips of her fingers from the strings, and her bow arm ached from overuse. But she didn't want to stop until everything was flawless, anything to keep her mind off Jerry's betrayal. Stella stood in the doorway, a vision in purple and hot pink. Are you ready? Victoria's eyes scanned her sister's sundress. More than you? It's fall. Why are you wearing that? <laughs> she laughed. I wore it to church this morning, which you miss, by the way, and because it's cute. And you look goth in all black. It's not like you have a concert today. What's wrong with black jeans and a matching shirt? It matched her dismal mood. I guess I'll go with you. As the two made their way to the kitchen, the delicious scent of pumpkin filled the air. Marie was bent over the oven, removing a rectangular baking dish. Ooh, what'd you make? Stella asked. Pumpkin bars. Marie set the dish on the stove. What's in them? Stella stood on tiptoe to peer into the pan. They're a fall dessert with pumpkin pie filling, cinnamon, nutmeg, and cloves. Marie wiped her hands on her jeans. Flour peppered her flannel shirt. Stella reached out her hand to pinch off a piece, but Marie swatted it away. Not yet, silly. You'll have to wait until lunch. I promised Gigi I'd bring dessert. Louisa entered in her nightgown, stifling a yawn. Hey! Her fluffy slippers patted the floor as she moved to hug Victoria. Louisa, it's 12.30. Why are you in your jammies? She shrugged. I needed a nap after church. Victoria gave her sister a tight squeeze. We're supposed to be at Papa and Gigi's by one. What? Louisa squinted, her eyes blinking at the bright light. Were you up late reading again? Victoria asked. Louisa nodded. Go change before Mom or Dad sees you. All right. Louisa shuffled out of the room. Victoria opened the door to the fridge and retrieved the cranberry juice. She poured a glass and took a sip. The tart liquid revived her after her lengthy practice session. Where's Adrian? Stella asked. In our room, Marie cut the pumpkin dessert into rectangles. I'm here, Adrian breezed in, short hair sticking out in all directions. Sorry, I overslept. Why were you out so late? Marie's blue eyes twinkled. Color rose to Adrian's cheeks. Band practice? With Jerry, Stella giggled. Tears stung Victoria's eyes. How were the others so oblivious to her pain? Mom waltzed in, the shiny beads on her tank top matching her sandals. Are we ready to leave? Where's Louisa? I'm coming. Louisa hurried down the stairs, a book in hand. A half hour later, the Pearsons pulled up to the old farmhouse. White with green trim around the windows, the A-frame building stood alone in the field like a lighthouse in a dark sea. Victoria crawled out of the car and pulled her coat closer. Orange and yellow leaves crunched under her feet, and more leaves flew through the air as Stella twirled through the yard, practicing her pirouettes. Marie balanced the pan of pumpkin bars in her hands, while Louisa carried a bowl of salad. Victoria and Adrian walked side by side in icy silence. 
Victoria hadn't spoken a word to her treacherous sister since the previous night. What would she ask? How was your date? Did you have fun at band practice? Now Victoria needed to practice for her orchestra auditions to keep her chair. Why did Gigi pick today to invite them to lunch? Ahead of her, Dad and Mom climbed the steps to the front door. Mom pushed the doorbell, and melodious Westminster chimes filled the air. The door swung open to reveal Gigi, framed in the archway. You're here! She flung her arms wide. You look radiant. Mom pulled Gigi in for a hug. Bonjour, Gigi! Adrian kissed her on the cheek. Did you sew a new outfit? Gigi's turquoise skirt matched her bright eyeshadow, and the rose brooch pinned to her lapel was the same shade of magenta as her lipstick. Oh, I threw it together. Gigi waved her hand aside, jewels sparkling on several fingers. It didn't take long to sew. Nothing like those taffeta gowns I made when you girls were little. Adrian fingered the blouse's fabric. Lace is haute couture now. Everyone's wearing it. Where's Papa? Marie raised her hand to her eyes to block the sun. He and Eddie are working in the field. They've been at it since sunrise. Gigi pointed a ruby-studded finger at the tractor, inching its way through mounds of dirt. It's supposed to rain later. Papa's anxious to finish planting before everything turns to mud. Thank goodness he had Eddie's help. We couldn't have asked for a better neighbor out here. I'd better call him back to lunch. How did Eddie get up that early after his late-night band practice? I'll get them, Mom, Dad said, then strode toward the field. As the girls filed inside, Adrian shot Victoria a frigid stare. This would be a long lunch. Victoria removed her coat and hung it on the stand. Photos of Mom and her nine brothers and sisters and their kids decorated the wood-paneled entryway walls. Pictures of swimmers, dancers, musicians, birthday parties, and holidays covered nearly every inch of space from floor to ceiling. Victoria's eyes fell to a photo of Adrian and her in matching red sequined dresses, hair pulled back with enormous gold bows that covered most of their heads. Much to Victoria's surprise, they were smiling at one another over their instruments. If only they could become that close again, she shook her head. Impossible. Everything had changed. Adrian had Jerry, and she had... New York. Victoria, chérie, are you coming? Gigi poked her head in from the dining room. Hurry along. We are waiting on you. After one last glance at the picture, Victoria joined the others at the long, wooden table. By now, the men had returned from the field. Papa sat at the end of the table. His overalls covered a flannel shirt, and he wore thick leather boots. His calloused hands were rough from a lifetime of hard work, and his eyes shone with kindness. Let's pray, he said in his rich bass voice. Dear God, thank you for bringing us together as a family. Bless this food which we are about to eat and the conversation we share. Amen. Steam rose from a large porcelain bowl in front of Victoria. An aroma of cooked vegetables and broth filled the air. Gigi, this looks delicious. Mom held a large spoonful to her mouth. Gigi chuckled. It's not much, but it'll do. She slathered butter on a slice of bread. Victoria and Adrienne, your mother tells me you're performing in the concerto competition this spring. What will you play? Victoria swallowed. I, uh, <clears throat> haven't decided yet. I wanted to wait until after orchestra auditions tomorrow. Gigi took a bite of bread. Why not choose one of Bach's concertos? I love to perform his work at church. 
You and Adrien could play his double violin concerto. A sister duet would be a showstopper. Victoria laughed. Gigi, we played that as kids. It would never win a concerto competition. Besides, Adrian doesn't play violin anymore. She plays viola. You don't think I can play violin? Adrian arched an eyebrow. Try me. I have a couple of your aunt's old violin here. Why don't you give us a little concert when we're done with lunch? After they'd finished the delicious stew and pumpkin bars, Gigi hurried from the room and returned with two violin cases. Victoria rolled her eyes. Mom pulled her aside. Just do it. Lips pursed, Victoria removed one of the violins from its case and situated the shoulder pad. She drew the bow across the strings and cringed. The tonal quality of the instrument left much to be desired. Probably a cheap student instrument discarded by her aunts when they upgraded to their professional ones. Adrian removed the other, then tuned it as well. This would be interesting. She hadn't played violin in years. Do you need music, girl? Gigi patted her curls. I'm sure I have the score somewhere. I have it memorized. Victoria wiped the dust from the wood. But maybe Adrian does. Her sister's nose rose in the air. I think I can handle it. Victoria frowned. Are you sure? I know violin isn't your cup of tea. Adrian's gaze hardened. Positive. She tucked the violin under her chin and began to play. Victoria's heart skipped a beat as her sister's fingers flew over the strings. How could she play this fast, by memory, and not on her primary instrument? Victoria was so taken aback she almost missed her entrance. She gritted her teeth. Two could play this game. Her violin part sailed over Adrian's in perfect rhythm. Although a decade had passed since they'd played the piece together, the childhood muscle memory served them well. Bach's competing melodies pitched the two violinists against each other in a battle for dominance. Adrian played a series of rapid notes while Victoria kept the steady beat down below. A few bars later, they switched. Adrian's bow moved over the strings with such ease as though years of playing the larger viola had rendered the small violin easy by comparison. As they neared the end of the movement, Adrian turned to face Victoria. Both sisters were breathing hard, their eyes locked as they raced to the finish line. The last note rang out in unison. In a small enclave at the back of the house, Victoria scanned shelves crammed full of music scores. Her mind still reeled after their dueling duet. As much as she hated to admit it, Adrian was a powerhouse performer. And because the two had similar musical training, they'd blended well together, a perfect duo. Victoria returned her gaze to the shelves. Gigi lacked nothing in literature or music scores. Church organ music, piano sonatas, soprano arias, violin concertos. It wasn't hard to see where Mom had developed her musical taste, and herself for that matter. Music ran in their blood. Are you looking for something in particular? Gigi placed her hand on Victoria's shoulder. I wanted to see which violin concertos you have. Victoria traced her fingers along the spines of several scores. My professor says it has to be romantic. She pulled a few from the shelves to examine them. Whose was this? Victoria handed Gigi a particularly dilapidated score. Gigi squinted at the writing. It looks like my grandfather's. He was a violinist, you know. He was? Victoria's eyes widened with shock. 
I never knew that. Oh, yes, Gigi nodded. He was the concertmaster of the symphony in Mirecourt, France. Victoria's heart skipped a beat. That's incredible. Gigi examined Victoria. You're a lot like him, with your dedication and ambition. You and Adrien. What's she playing for the competition, by the way? Berlioz Viola Concerto. Viola Concerto? Gigi frowned. I don't think he composed a Viola Concerto. He did. Something about an artist in Italy. Gigi nodded. Arold on Italy. But that's not a concerto, Shehi. Victoria's jaw dropped. It's not? No, it's a symphony with viola solo. Welton's symphony performed it years ago when my children attended. This was the best news she'd heard all week. Adrian was dumb enough not to select a concerto for a concerto competition? Incredulous. Gigi sighed. I never understood why she switched instrument. She was such an accomplished violinist. Your duet earlier was heavenly, absolutely stunning. She clasped her hands to her chest. You two play so well together, sister and harmony. It warms my heart. Victoria fidgeted with the scores in her hands. She couldn't tell Gigi how distant they'd grown over the years. It would break her heart. I still picture you two in those pretty red Christmas dresses playing Silent Night. Her eyes glistened. Like two little angels. Not so angelic anymore. Once they returned home, Victoria hurried upstairs to her room, the Saint-Saëns score and her instrument in hand. Why was she so drawn to this composer, in spite of the flop of playing his violin solo at the fall concert? She climbed onto her bed and scoured the sheet music for other clues about the previous owner. All this time, she'd figured it belonged to one of her aunts. But it was her great-grandfather's music. Although not as famous as Tchaikovsky or Beethoven, Victoria had heard the Saint-Saëns concerto performed at recitals with piano accompaniment. Now was the time to give it a try. She rosined the bow and placed the violin under her chin. With several powerful strokes, the opening bars bellowed from the instrument. The pent-up tension from the past several days poured over the strings as the bombastic triple stops reflected the anger exploding inside her. As she reached a difficult fast passage, her fingers struggled to maintain tempo. These notes would require significant practice and repetition to master. Difficult, but with sufficient dedication, attainable. After the turbulent opening, Victoria relaxed as she entered the sweet, lyrical section of the piece. Images of golden wheat fields filled her mind while peace washed over her like a refreshing swim on a summer day. All too soon, she jerked from her reverie at the return of the theme. This time, the level of difficulty heightened. Her muscles tightened as she braced herself for the ending. The fast runs came in rapid succession, followed by a series of double stops. When she neared the climax, her bow moved faster and faster, and the fingers of her left hand climbed higher and higher up the instrument. Adrenaline flooded her body for the final note of the arpeggio as she reached a pitch only dogs could hear. Then she drew her bow for the last two chords. Breathing heavily, she set down the instrument. This was it, the perfect work for the concerto competition.